Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tuesday, March 28th, 2017 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. On this episode, we break down some draftable defensive ends and defensive tackles. We welcome in our friend Charles McDonald, also known as Four Verts, to help us break down the best tackles that the Patriots might be able to pick up in the late rounds. All that and more on this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Thanks, Larry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Very happy to be back with you on this fine Monday being recorded before the episode gets dropped on Tuesday. Remember to go find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans and go find us on Twitter at CLNS Radio and go f- find me, excuse me, at CLNS underscore sportsteen thank you for the uh i'm gonna give him a, a quick shout out because he sent me a puppy picture uh and i asked him to thank you to oh geez i have to go oh no my tweet deck is failing me i'll uh i'll get his name up for for everyone in a second but thank you to the uh the man who sent me the adorable picture of his pit bull uh, excuse me his um his bulldog puppy one of the cutest dogs uh i've ever been sent a picture of so once i actually find his name ah thank you 42 mccoy or at 42 mccoy and tom mccoy for your adorable adorable puppy picture thank you made my day so anyway let's move on to some actual football stuff absolutely nothing nothing has happened since our last show very, very poor and very, very quiet weekend. Uh, the one thing uh, that did just happen today is that the Raiders have officially moved to Vegas. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. I also think that's kind of bad because I don't trust any young athlete in, around, or near the Las Vegas area. So I'm a little bit worried about what's going to What's going to come of that? So besides that, Vegas uh, Raiders to the Vegas should be a pretty cool idea. It sucks for Oakland. Huge money grab for the NFL. But this entire league is all about money anyway. So I'm just 
just not really surprised anymore. So we're going to be covering the defensive tackles uh, on this episode as well as a couple of defensive ends uh, that the Patriots uh, might draft this year. We are going to base this episode off the assumption that they are drafting where they are usually drafting, and that is at pick, I want to say, 72 in the third round. So that's the pick that we're going to get around them for. So... So, we're going to bring on Charles McDonald later, also known as at four verts. One of the the really uh, great guys on Twitter. One of the smartest draft analysis, uh, draft analysts you guys are going to find. He does the defensive tackle work for NFL 1000 and is an analyst for Bleacher Report uh, NFL. He does a podcast called Setting the Edge with Justice Mosqueda, who is uh, another great guy, uh, another great football guy. We might have him on a little bit later for uh, outside linebackers and edge rushers. And then, obviously, he does stuff on the Falcoholic, so he is a Falcons fan, so we'll try to be nice to him uh, when he comes on. We'll just be uh, a little bit wary of his fandom so we don't trigger him too much. But yeah, defensive tackles for the Patriots uh, probably won't be too big of a concern. However, they will definitely be picking one up in the draft. Right now, they have three on the roster uh, in Malcolm Brown, Vincent Valentine, and uh, the newly re-signed Allen Branch. Uh, Obviously, they have a lot of that covered up, but I'm going to ask Charles about the different pass-rushing defensive tackles that the Patriots could be looking for. This is going to be a generally – these shows are going to be pretty quick to get through simply because all they're going to be is a, you know, me going over the position a little bit, where the Patriots are, and then we'll bring on the necessary talent doubles break us down. So these shows should be around 25 minutes for you guys. So anyway, let's move on to what the Patriots defensive tackle position looks like. So right now they obviously, like I said, they have Malcolm Brown, they have Alan Branch and they have Vincent Valentine. All three of those guys are very, very good at stopping the run. The Patriots last year had one of the best run stopping defensive lines in all of football. Uh, if you watch the Super Bowl, you never would have believed that for a second. However, yes, it was, in fact, uh, one of the best. Uh, one of the other interesting things about the defensive tackle position is that Malcolm Brown, despite being a first-round pick, might be just as good as Vincent Valentine. A little bit of a disappointment for uh, for Malcolm Brown last year. Obviously, is still very young, going into only his fourth year in the NFL. However, I would have liked to see a little bit more out of him uh, last season in terms of pass rush. However, his run stopping is is quite good. So I'm okay with um uh, I'm, I'm okay with the defensive tackle position. I do think they need to pick one, uh, pick a guy up in the draft, especially one that's a little bit more pass rush heavy. Uh, they've been using Trey Flowers as an interior pass rush specialist. I'd rather they have him on the outside and on the inside while also having a pure defensive tackle rush on the inside. Now, I'm not asking for Aaron Donald. I'm not asking for Geno Adkins or whatever. I'm not asking for anything crazy. But I am asking for at least a a considerable defense, uh, pass rushing defensive tackle. So 
Alan Branch, uh, someone they re-signed for a decent amount of money, will be here for two years. Probably the last two years he'll be in New England. He has had a couple of great seasons with the Patriots over the past couple of years. So really inspiring to see him have a late career turnaround. He's been one of the most un... Excuse me. He's been one of the most underrated players or defensive tackles in all of football, I think, for a long time. Uh, They've been very, very good. Excuse me. He's been very, very good. Just at the the different kinds of things that you need Alan Branch to be doing, especially in the run game, has been one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles in all of football, especially for the price uh, that he's come at. He's no Damon Harrison getting the crazy contract that Snacks got, or he's not Vince Wilford getting the crazy amount of money that the Texans are giving him. No, this is Alan Branch, a guy who isn't that great. Or is it that great? Wasn't that great before and then turned it all around once he came into New England. So hopefully, hopefully he can keep up his really good play. But again, this is an, an, enough for me. Let's bring in Charles McDonald to break down the defensive tackle position. He'll give us all the information we could possibly need. So we'll bring him in right away and we'll be right back. Hey guys, it's time to talk to you about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get into action because the madness of March is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join MyBookie today. I would only recommend a service that's been so good to me and my listeners. That's why I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win. They pay fast without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place a bet after tip-off. That's right. If you join with $100, you'll get an extra $50 bankroll to play with with their new feature of with their matching your first deposit with a 50 percent bonus use my promo code pats50 to activate the offer visit my bookie today or call 844-900-BETS play win and get paid welcome back into the patriots beat podcast is now time for our featured guest segment this week we are very happy to welcome in charles mcdonald also known as four verts on Twitter, one of the defensive tackle aficionados of NFL Twitter and one of the best podcasters around. Charles McDonald, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. That was very, very flattering. <laughs> oh, I, I, I do I do what I can. I do what I can. Before before we get in, bring uh bring your knowledge to uh to our uh to our listeners. Who are you and what do you do? Uh so I'm, I'm Charles McDonald. Uh Harris and I went to high school together at McDonald High School, go oh. Eagles. Uh, I do uh, defensive tackle scouting for Bleach Report's NFL 1000 project. Uh, I do like some film breakdowns and draft workouts for the Falcoholic. And uh, I have a podcast, Setting the Edge. You can follow it on Twitter, at Setting Edge, where uh, me and my co-host, Justice Muscani, who also works for Bleach Report, we just you know kind of muse around the NFL topics, and then we usually have a guest on every week, which is it's pretty fun. Very nice, very nice. Well, before we get into defensive tackles, because uh, obviously it's what we're uh, bringing you here primarily for, I want to hear your opinion on this. We just got word that the Raiders are moving to Vegas, and I'd feel disgruntled not asking a Bleacher Report employee what they think <laughs> of the uh, the Vegas move. So what do you think of the Vegas move? Good for the players or bad for the players? Uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, at the end of the day, like, 
you can get in trouble anywhere you go. Like these are these grown men are going to make their own decisions. But as just a spectator of like I, I love like the storylines that we kind of see throughout mm-hmm. each season. And I mean, just I mean the mascot a raider like that's perfect for the city of Las Vegas. And I I, I can't wait to see like like the 30s for 30s we get or the documentaries we get like 15 years from now when we, we've had the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, kind of settle in into a hotbed of organized crime and, you know, <laughs> with all the gambling and, and the strip right there, I, I think we're going to get some wild stories out of there. So, I mean, I, I'm not really concerned for it for, you know, on an individual player basis, but I'm really excited to see, you know, what kind of shenanigans happen around that team over the next few years. I wonder if the, if the players are just going to start, you know, let's say, uh, I don't know, Michael Crabtree, a guy who's gotten a big contract for them. I wonder if he just rents out some crazy penthouse at the Mirage and just lives there. I would. I mean, <laughs> well, why not? I mean, can you can you imagine the in 2018 that Raiders first-round pick? Because, I mean, they're playing this year in Oakland, so 2018 is going to be the first pick for Las Vegas Raider, and that kid is going to be like 21 years old. He's going to be handed a contract worth like, tens of millions of dollars and he's going to be put right in the middle of Las Vegas. Can you, I can't even imagine what that would be like. I, I, I'm honestly scared for that kid, man. That, no, there's no <laughs> one around him to tell him what to do. He's oh, a gut punch for Oakland yeah. too. I, at that poor Raider fans. Yeah, I feel bad for them, but I mean, you can't keep sharing a, a stadium with the athletics. It just, yeah. It just the the, the Coliseum is a disaster. All right, friend, let's, yeah. Let's get into to what we brought you here for because the defensive tackle position on the Patriots is a little bit dry. We obviously have Vincent Valentine. We have Malcolm Brown. We have Alan Branch. Valentine was a pretty big surprise to them in the third round. However, they need someone who can rush the passer from the D tackle position, and they don't have a pick till the third round. Save us, Charles. What? Who do we look for? Who do we look to in our time of need? Man, I mean, at the third round – well, this defensive tackle class isn't very strong in the first place. So, cause, I mean, last year we were kind of spoiled with, you know, Kenny Clark, Sheldon Rankins, Javon Hargrave, you know, all guys that were just stellar as rookies. And this year, I mean, in the third round, you're probably looking at guys like, uh, so two guys who were at the senior bowl that uh, show some nice pass rush ability when I was down there in Mobile, uh, Larry Ogunjobi from Charlotte and uh, Tenzo Smart from Tulane. Those are both kind of guys that, you know, they're they're built like Malcolm Brown is, but I think they're both a little bit more explosive than he is. So if you can kind of get a rotation between one of those guys uh, in your nickel sets, that would, that would be really nice. Um, you know, I, I'm still kind of high on Vincent Valentin because the thing with Valentin was last season, he was about 330 at the combine. And by the time he got in the training camp, he was down to like three, like, or like hovering around 305, 310. Mm-hmm. And for his size, he'd already tested like, phenomenally for a 330 pound so I, I think if you can get Valentin and Malcolm Brown and you know pair one of those guys like uh Okunjobi or Tendil Smart or even a guy like Chris Wormley from Michigan if he's there in the third round that I mean that just that would be uh, a good way to get some juice up front you on your podcast you brought up Malcolm Brown a couple times uh you've talked about you know he's obviously a very good run stopper but I thought last year he slowed down a little bit in his progression we still haven't seen I thought he was gonna kind of transform into what Dominic Easley's skill set is a little bit and just get a little quick action move off the line but he still hasn't really made it is are we do we already know what he is as a player is he still growing uh, 
See, I think we already know what he is as a player. And when you kind of look at what you kind of, what do you expect a guy drafting his range to do, you know, at the end of the first round, I, I think what he is right now, if that's the ceiling, that's fine. Because I mean, he, he's at least a top 15 defensive tackle. And when you go look at his, uh, you know, we always talk about upside and athletic upside. You know, Malcolm Brown wasn't the most athletic guy uh, coming out of Texas, but he he plays with really, really good technique, and that allows him to, you know, be a force versus the runs. And, you know, will he ever be a dominant pass rusher or have, like, the upside that easily did? Probably not. But, I, I mean, what you have now is definitely a stud that's probably deserving of a second contract. And, I mean, as a first-round pick, you can't really, you can't really hope for much more. And also looking at what he's been able to do in the NFL, I mean, they, they, they were able to take him when the Colts took Philip Dorsett, which will forever be the, the craziest oh draft pick ever. That was just unbelievable. That was disgusting. So um, the, the, the Patriots do this all the time where they'll have all these amazing amount of picks towards the bottom of the third, fourth, and fifth round or whatever, and they'll just bundle stuff up. And move up to two. So let's jump up around from the third round and look at defensive tackles in the second round. I don't know where you have the Glasgow guy from Michigan placed. I've I've yet to hear his name, but I've always been a big fan of his. Uh, he was great in college. However, I don't know what he'll be like in the NFL. But give me a couple of guys in the second round that you think could fit on what the Pats do. Uh, uh, well, my favorite defensive tackle, like that you you can get in the second round, is uh, Jaleel Johnson from Iowa. Yeah, you like, he was about really, it. yeah, he was really productive at Iowa, and uh, you know, he was a guy that I thought was going to be a you know a riser during Senior Bowl week, and it, it was kind of weird because in the team drills, like Jaleel Johnson was dominant. You know, no one could block him. He was always quick reading his blocking schemes and. Uh, but in the one-on-one drills, he, he was uh, a little bit more shaky there. And if you go back and look at, uh, you know, pro football focuses right up from the senior bowl game, Jaleel Johnson was one of the top five defenders in the actual game. So I, I think, like, if you value more what a guy can do in the context of a game over, you know, so, like some of these guys are just one-on-one stars and it doesn't always translate. I, I think Jaleel Johnson would be the perfect fit. And when you look at what the Patriots do, they they run what's called a bear front a lot, which has kind of been used to stop you know inside zone plays. Mm-hmm. Where you have uh, they would have like Allen Branch at nose tackle, and then they have Vincent Valentine at three technique and Malcolm Brown at the other uh, three technique. And if you can get a guy like Julio Johnson who can play all three of those spots, he can play nose and three technique and one technique if you need him to. That's uh, that's a guy that's going to add versatility to the defensive line. We always talk about you know Bill Belichick wanting guys who can do a lot of different things, and if you can get a productive guy who might be had at a little bit of a discount because of his combine wasn't great, I think that he would be a tremendous addition for the Patriots. Is he the top defensive tackle in this draft? Because uh, you, you're right. The more I look at the you know this entire class, I see Malik McDowell, uh, a guy who yeah. just. Even I'm not sure what his uh, skill level is. The defensive tackle position is one I haven't looked at, but I do know his name, and I know that he was super sick in college. Yeah, I, Malik, I love Malik McDowell. Like, I think if you're just looking at it from a pure talent base, I, I, I really don't think he's that far off from Miles Garrett. But the problem is, uh, you know, the rumors coming out of Michigan State are like, you know, once we started losing, he kind of started – uh, you know, tapping out a little bit. And you, you can even look at, like, the, the play count splits towards the end of the season. Like, it's just decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. 
But, I mean, he's clearly very talented. I, I just think it, it was a case where, you know, Malik McDowell, he's a five-star recruit. Uh, his first year at Michigan State, you know, they're in the college football playoffs. And then once Connor Cook left, it all just kind of fell down from there. And I, I think he's probably going to fall a little bit just because he has, you know, those questions. But he's a, you know, he's a big dude who's really athletic and he, he knows what he's doing, even if he's a little bit raw. So I, 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 I could see Malik McDowell fall into like a playoff team and being an instant start for them. Didn't the, didn't the same thing happen to um, – oh, he's on the Steelers. No, not to it. Uh, that Calhoun guy, uh, I think it was like Shalit Calhoun. Uh, Shalit Calhoun from the Raiders. Yeah, didn't the same yeah. thing happen to him? Uh, yeah, but he didn't, he didn't play that much his, uh, his rookie year. I mean, it, it's hard when you're oh, okay. stuck behind Bruce Irvin and Cleo Mack. But, uh, yeah, Shalit Calhoun was a guy who, who kind of fell through the, due to effort issues towards the end of the season. And uh, – I don't know. I, I, I get that. Like, as a 20-year-old kid, you're in East Lansing, Michigan, and you were a five-star recruit, and now you're on a team until a freshman, and you guys suck. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, can see the human, I can see the human side of that and why yeah. your effort might wane a little bit as you finish, like, a 3-9 and nine season. So lastly, before we uh, let you go here, uh, I, I like asking this to all the draft guys because they always have one dude that they'll always forget about. Give me one person who no one else is talking about that you seem to be yelling into the nothing about that is really, really good. Now, okay. Now, so I've been mainly looking at this from, you know, a defensive tackle perspective and then uh, looking at it from the Falcons perspective so I can, you know, write about it. But I just started looking at these linebackers uh, this past weekend. And why are we not talking about Raekwon McMillan from Ohio State? Like he, he is so good. And, and you know, this is, this is appropriate because of the Patriots podcast, but he reminds me a lot of Dante Hightower where they're not, you know, big flash, they're not flashy guys, but they're always where they need to be. You know, they're playing their technique, right. They're, they're good against the run. They're solid in coverage. Like just a, a, a good linebacker that can do a little bit of everything you ask him to do. And, you know, for him to not be getting any hype right now is a little bit bizarre. And, after the combine, when he kind of erased uh, any doubts about speed, he ran like a four six one. I think he's going to be a guy that ends up going in the first round. Raekwon McMillan, definitely a guy who we saw in college was just outstanding. He's a he's a little bit smaller than Hightower, but he's kind of he reminds yeah. me or he reminded me a lot of C.J. Mosley when I when uh, when I was watching him. I love linebackers and I, I'm obsessed with Hassan Reddick. <laughs> oh yeah, Reddick's a beast. I remember at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I haven't seen Reddick before we got down there, and uh, they were they were saying that you know he pretty much played he was a pass rusher for the most part in college, and to see him be that fluid in coverage all week down there, it was it was pretty special. I think he's going to be a special player too. Yeah, this linebacker class is pretty good, even after you get past mm-hmm. uh, Ruben Foster. And I definitely think the uh, Pats will bring uh, bring him. I believe McMillan actually had a meeting with the Patriots, so maybe we'll maybe maybe your prediction will come right. Maybe Raekwon McMillan will get his spot next to Dante. You know, that makes sense because uh, Belichick, he's always going back to Urban Meyer and Nick mm-hmm. Saban, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who's this, who's that. Because, I mean, back when uh, Urban was at Florida, he was drafting all those Florida guys like Jermaine Cunningham and, yeah. uh, you know, signing guys like that. And now he's obviously got Bama guys in the roster. And so obviously he holds Urban Meyer and Nick Saban to uh, 
you know, he, he holds into the light when it comes to these prospects. He he holds his golfing buddies very near and dear to his heart. Yeah. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Charles, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, go follow him at Four Verts on Twitter. One of the best draft uh, draft guys you're going to find. Him and Justice doing that great podcast. Go find him at Setting the Edge. And Charles, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Have a good day. You too. See you, Charles. Later. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I know that me personally, when I was living in a college dorm, I used Blue Apron in order to get my fresh ingredients so that me and my roommate Jack could cook up some nice meals, maybe some fresh steaks, maybe some good chili, some quality stuff. And it's also a very fun holiday gift, so maybe for a nice Valentine's Day gift or a nice birthday gift coming up, I would give it to, I wouldn't give it to a girlfriend, obviously Blue Apron would be a little rough, but give it to a family member, maybe they can get some high quality ingredients in their life. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron a better way to cook. All right, team, that's going to do it for this week's Page B podcast. Thanks again to Charles McDonald for dropping knowledge on something I have absolutely no idea about, and that is the upcoming defensive tackle position in the NFL draft. I want to thank Hyde 209 Joshua Morse for the music as usual. I want to thank Larry, Nick, and Mike as always. Short show, like I said, for you guys this week. On the next episode, we're going to be talking linebackers. So be prepared for a little linebacker talk when we return on Friday. All that and more on the next episode of Patriots Beat. I've been your host, Howard Strumenstein. Go find me at CLNS underscore sports team and keep sending me pictures of puppies. If you have them, I will always say yes to puppy pictures. But we'll see you guys on Friday. <laughs>